Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to our dining room and another episode of About, About a, a Dog. dog. We're yes. back. Yes, we've it, had a brief hiatus because we were actually boarding um, friend of the show's dogs for a time, which was yeah, an interesting experience. And we were busy as hell with so yeah, that's on shows us and stuff like that and yeah. life and all of that. We're sorry, but we're back. <laughs> we make plans, and then as the movie says, life finds a way. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I'll be like, let's record after we get home from work. Get home I'm from tired. Home. I want to watch Criminal Minds and just massage me until I go to sleep. That's, yeah. that's you. <laughs> that's pretty much it. But on the weekends, we tend to have more time to record, but the past few weekends, we've had... Plans almost every single day during the weekends. Yeah, and I think the first, uh, last week of July and the first week of August for us has been like nothing but things that have just been like set up on each individual day. Yeah, you know, it's there's just dock diving. There was um, showing. There was boarding Bambi and Bodie. Those yeah. are actually dog names, believe it or not, not strippers. Um, <laughs> the, we also had the wine tasting thing. With oh, mom with your mom's birthday! Yeah, yeah we had that. We had that in Charlottesville, which was fun. So yeah, yeah. we've we've been busy, but mm-hmm. now we have a little bit of time. Things are still crazy because you know that's our life. Uh, right now, we have two girls in season. Yeah, neither one is getting bread, much to my chagrin, because. When you have a rare breed, breeding them is incredibly expensive. Um, For those of you that may not be aware, um, essentially we would have to... The idea is to get essentially new blood, as it were. And we would be importing uh, semen from uh, abroad, as it were. Yeah, it would be... like The stud that we've picked out for Raven, he lives in Norway, and... Um, just, I mean, the, the whole cost would be having to find roughly about three grand in about three days, which neither one of us have. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been an adventure. It's been an emotional roller coaster ride for that. Absolutely, it's been uh, it's had its highs and lows and dissociations and things. But other than that, um, through it all, as you can tell, we're still here. Yeah, as, as ever. We're back. Yeah. Um, and we're also back to our usual pattern because before we've been doing some episodes that have been dedicated to people that we've lost and mm-hmm. things like that. And well, that's, I mean, that's life gets in the way of plans sometimes. That's just what happens. So we're starting with a new breed, um, but first... Do we, if, have, do we have any old business or new business? Yeah, we have, we have a couple of like new things... <laughs> One, again, you can find us on Facebook at ah. About a Dog Pod. And on uh, Twitter at About a Dog One. Instagram at About a Dog Pod. Uh, we have a YouTube. We haven't loaded anything to that for a while. Uh, at about It's About a Dog Pod. And email About a Dog Pod at gmail.com. And Ashley noticed uh, we haven't mentioned, I mean, we've kind of glossed over it. We also have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. There are various different benefits to it. If you subscribe to our Patreon, number one, it helps keep the podcast going. Yes, We're switching always beneficial. servers and things like that from time to time. Coming soon. That's coming probably next week. So 
to keep the podcast running, we rely on the support of our fans. Mm -hmm. So if you subscribe to our Patreon, it helps oh, us out. Before I forget, thank you, Tia, for listening. Yeah, thanks, Tia. Yeah. Um, I've known Tia for years and years online. Um, and she definitely listens, considering she said that I tend to take you off track quite often. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> so here's one thing that I want to mentioned so our patreon is about a dog mm -hmm. pod yeah and um there are various different tiers and if you subscribe to that um you might even get episodes early right yeah. you will definitely get mentions on the show you will be Which, able to in case you haven't noticed we're not shy about yeah we're not I mean, shy. i've already mentioned eileen and tia so you know yeah and you know we'll um do well you know you can pick um, various different raw tidbit topics to discuss. Maybe make me do a whole episode in a different voice, like Aston, for example. That would be annoying as shit, though. Yeah. It um, would get old really fucking great. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's there are nice little things that you can do to help us out to keep the show running. Um, another thing is we are members of the Hamilton Stovar Club of America. <laughs> We have a fundraiser going on right now because the goal of the club is to have a, to be able to host shows, which is very expensive, mm. to be able to sponsor prizes at shows, which again is not cheap, and to, our ultimate goal is to have a Hamilton Stovar stud bank mm. in the U.S. as a repository to keep studs that can be used to develop genetic diversity. If you want to find out more, please go to the Hamilton Stovar Club of America's Facebook page or the Hamilton Stovar Club of America website, which is easy, hamiltonstovar.org. You can also, um, we have a raffle group on Facebook called Hamilton Stovar Club of America Fundraiser. So all of those things, that's all of our business stuff right out there. Um, also, I want to give a massive shout out oh. to who are we recognizing? The amazing people who showed up to the Virginia Kennel Club handling class this past Wednesday. Oh yes, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you the instructor of that particular class? Yes, I was. The, the first time where you uh, have actually took the reins, as it were. Yeah, so I'm incredibly grateful to my students, to people that showed up. It was an amazing class. I hope everyone that was there really liked it. I had a nice variety of breeds. I like the, the young lady that preferred, as opposed to uh, Hondo, who preferred Derek Morgan. That, I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, uh, it, 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 was, it was quite a fun night, and I have signed up to more. Um, which, again, more to come on that. I'm probably not going to announce it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, all of this, what I have what I did in terms of teaching handling class was support a local kennel club. Yeah. Which is something that we advise that you do anyway. Yeah. Support your local kennel clubs. Many of them are hurting. Yeah. They need new members. They need new people. They need new ways and new ideas to help draw new members. It doesn't matter. In many cases, if you have a purebred, that's great. But a lot of these clubs are doing performance events too, which are open to mixed breeds. So if you want to join your local kennel club, 
go online. The AKC website, akc.org, has wonderful resources on where you can find your local kennel club. Most of them are not stuck up little snobs. They're just not because we're, the whole sport and the whole kennel club idea is dying. They need new blood. They need new people to come in and shake things up a little bit. Mm. Most of your confirmation clubs are bringing in new events to their shows to draw new people. Like Virginia Kennel Club, they do dock diving. They bring in specialties. They bring in all of these other things, and they're hopefully bringing in new things that I really can't talk about right now. Yeah, it's probably best not to anyway. Um, But we're also in the process of joining yeah. and just support your local kennel clubs. As we always say on this particular podcast, it is always to your benefit to do your homework. Do your homework. Do your research. And look. Find. And the best thing about doing your research is your local kennel clubs can be an amazing source hmm. for you to find trainers, to find reputable breeders, mm-hmm. to do breeder referrals and things like that. So please, 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 please... Support your local kennel clubs. It doesn't necessarily have to be AKC. It can be UKC. It can be whatever's local. Yeah, yeah it can Support be... Support local if you want. Yeah, UKC shows um, have local kennel clubs too. So just support your local kennel clubs. I don't care where it's from, but just do it. Yeah. They're doing good work. They're doing a lot of good things behind the scenes that they really don't get a lot of press for, and I think they deserve a lot of press. And I can't stress the fact enough that, um, granted... I see a lot of people that I recognize at dog show events, but I'm, it's rare to actually see uh, new faces there. It is um, an, an interesting sport. What? Speak up. I am speaking up. What? Okay. Jeez. All I'm just trying to say is that, you know, go see what dog shows or events are happening near you if you want to, you know, make your dog active or whatever, you know? If you, you don't want your dog to be lying around like a stumping a log or anything like that and just go out and do something yeah and your local kennel clubs will be that valuable resource to help you like for example bambi i think would be great for lure coursing or lure coursing fly ball agility yeah. all those things even and dock diving possibly dock diving depending on what how she reacts around certain types of water mm. um which we have yet to determine i don't think no we haven't but in terms of keeping active let's go ahead and Focus I, I, think, our... I think that ends the old business, new yeah. business section. So let's start on our breed today. We're going rare today. Uh, oh, okay. Rare breed. What's the rare breed for today, Ashley? The rare that, breed that, that, that. for today is the Yacht Terrier. The, 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 the Yacht? Yacht Terrier. It is a... Do you have to say it like as if you have like phlegm in the back of your throat? The Yacht Terrier? No, it's German. Oh. So the answer is yes. We said Germans, yes. Please don't insult my language. I'm not insulting it. I just think it's funny because I mean, yacht sounds like something you like like cough when you're coughing up phlegm. That's yeah, like the, I mean, that sound of the noise that you make when you're coughing it up. Yeah, you know, it, like it, it is kind of hawking a loogie situation. Yeah. But so the yacht terrier is also known as the Deutscher yacht terrier. Otherwise, literal translation. Did anyone else just hear Ashley say, also, instead of known as, she said also known as? You, you did that. I heard it. What? Your German accent was coming out again. Fine. Number nine. Um, they're also, the literal translation is German hunting terrier. 
That's what yacht means? Yacht means hunt. Okay. All right. Um, it's a German breed. And I think we covered what terrier means in a previous episode. Yeah. But it's always good for a refresher. Mm. Terrier comes from the word terra, mm-hmm. which means, means earth. earth. Yeah. So that tells you what they're bred to do. They're bred to hunt in the ground, in yeah. the dirt, in the soil. I think we also discussed the fact that the tail sometimes can be used if they're actually mm-hmm. in the soil as kind of like a help me handle yeah. to get them out of the earth. Yeah, because usually that's kind of the only thing that's visible if they're getting into trouble. Yeah. And um, so with with this breed, they come into they come in two coat types that have a smooth... And then they have a rough coat. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm showing Michael a picture of a rough coat, which these will be available on our website and Instagram and all that stuff. Looks like a very dirty version of Kemper. And then this is a smooth. Oh my God, that's that cute. It, you know what? Its colors remind me of Adobe. Yeah. So they're a smaller breed. The history, though... Yes, let's go back to the history lesson, please. Now, what's interesting about this is we get into the phrase called Sinologica, which is the literal study of canines. Yeah, I was going to ask, what does that sound like when it's at home? And... Uh-oh. Hang on. What is it? There's a bug. You had an insect that dared to blemish your personage. So what this breed, it relates back to fox terriers. So even though it may look like a minpin or it might look like a Manchester Terrier or something like that, it actually is derived from fox terriers. Mm -hmm. And what happened was these breeds came over to Germany and they wanted something that was solely devoted to hunting. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means that looks went out the window. They really didn't care. They don't what care it, what it looked like. And they just wanted something that had a hard temperament that could go, 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 go and hunt, but yet still come home and just be a pet. Oh, that's the very definition of a terrier right there. And so the breed was founded by a zoo director. Hmm. In world like in around World War One. Okay. All of this source information mm-hmm. comes from the American Kennel Club. Yeah. And so the zoo director presented Walter Lutz Heck mm-hmm. with these fox terriers that didn't really look like your traditional fox terriers. They looked a little bit rough around the edges, shall we say. Mm. And he presented them with these four supposedly purebred black and tan fox terriers. Mm -hmm. So if you were to look at fox terriers that are around in the show ring, most of them have a lot of white in them. Definitely. It's very rare to see a fox terrier that doesn't have a body that has white in it and splashed throughout. Smooth Mm -hmm. fox terriers are also known for having just white on their head where it yeah. looks like their entire head has just been dunked in an inkwell yeah, yeah, and then yeah. have no other color on their body. Mm-hmm. So it's very weird 
And that's why a lot of research that I did said that the idea was that these were supposedly purebred fox terriers. She's doing air quotes when air she said quotes. supposedly. Um, these dogs really didn't have pedigrees to trace back to. Mm-hmm. And there were a few other people that helped found the breed. Um, a man named Zagenberg and another is Dr. Herbert Lackner. Mm-hmm. They also helped to create the breed and they crossed these fox terriers, these four black and tan fox terriers, with an older English wire-haired terrier, which, when I say older English wire-haired terrier, there are some terrier breeds in England right now that when you look at them based off of the working style and the show style, Mm -hmm. it's night and day. Yeah. Like... The Lakeland Terrier, the show Lakeland Terrier, is very fancy. has a lot of fuzz around the face. Still wiry, harsh coat. Still has that Terrier attitude. But when you look at a working Lakeland Terrier, they have a lot less coat and are very workmanlike. Mm-hmm. And there are a few other breeds that are starting to come to the U.S., but not really. Yeah. Um, they're coming as performance dogs, um, known as the Patterdale, mm-hmm. also the Fell Terrier. The Patterdale is a true workman-like terrier. I mean, they are just go, 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 go. I think there was a Patterdale in UKC that had like 20 to 30 different titles behind its, in front and behind its name. Just yeah. absolutely incredible working dogs. And... Um, they also cross Welsh Terriers. Mm-hmm. Welsh Terriers, again, hardy, working breed, has that rough coat, and does have that delineation between working stock and show stock. Mm-hmm. Less so now, as opposed to the Lakeland, because if you were to pull up Lakelands now, there I mean, you wouldn't even know that they're the same breed. Yeah. Welsh, more so, are... Um, Kind of very similar mm-hmm. in, in the look and style. But the big point for this breed is that they wanted an emphasis on hunting, versatility, and trainability. The Deutscher Jagd Terrier Club was founded in 1926, mm-hmm. so during the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. As of right now, the status in the AKC is it's a foundation stock breed. So they don't have the numbers. So, as we've covered before, the process to become fully recognized is there's not recognized by foundation stock, Mm -hmm. foundation stock, miscellaneous, then full AKC recognition. Recognition. It, in many cases, is a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Like it or not, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, you have to have a sufficient amount of breed in the States, because this is... The AKC, the yes. American Kennel Club, in order to qualify for... To the, move up to yeah. the steps. Now, again, it can present a problem because there are certain breeds like Hemis that mm-hmm. have thousands and are... Have a, worldwide. Yeah, thousands worldwide and have a global population that is more than many other breeds' global population 
But the AKC doesn't look at global population. They look it's at, the American Kennel Club. They look in America. They look in the U.S. population, which can then hamper a breed's development. And I mm. think that's what's happening a little bit with the York Terrier and a lot of other European breeds mm. where they're not overly familiar with the process. They don't understand the fact that these dogs are fully recognized in their native country. And in some ways... Breeders view the fact that the American Kennel Club not recognizing the breed fully mm. as an insult to their country. It's wow, yeah. it, it's tough, and it's a cultural thing. It, it's a tough thing to get behind, and I really wish the AKC would take a look at that because when you've got a breed like the York Terrier, like um, another breed that's dealing with the same issue as a Chrome Furlander, um, Drevers, Hamilton Stovar, um, Jatmuthund, huh. um, a couple of Danish breeds are dealing with that too. These breeds are considered national treasures in their country, uh-huh. and then for the AKC to have us go through all of these various different hoops, it's an insult to a national treasure. Well, yeah, and I think it's very, it's just not very good. It doesn't make them look good, essentially, um, if they wish to... I mean, granted, they're big here in the U.S., mm-hmm. but, I mean, if they're looking to... I'm trying to phrase this better. I don't think I'm doing a very good job. They, they're losing face, I guess, in the global community, is my point. And right. And it's, uh, it's making... <laughs> it's, making <laughs> it's one of the few things that's making us Americans look like shit. Well, and a, a lot of things that the American Kennel Club doesn't really understand is that if the bre- if certain especially the European breeds, if they were fully recognized by the AKC, uh-huh. then the breed would develop faster. Yeah. As opposed to having us jump through all of these hoops, it's actually slowing the process down. Yeah. And it's a tough thing to get some of the AKC people to understand because in many ways it is an old boys club. See, I wasn't going to go there, but you I did. am going to go there. Because it talk is. about their old white man who's in charge. I wasn't going to go <laughs> race, but again, well, true. Am I, I'm not wrong. So yeah, so, yeah. And it is an old boys club. And some of their rationale is, well, how are you going to make up a champion? How are you going to do judges education? The same way that you do judges education everywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. You work with your club. You develop a standard and you go from there. Mm-hmm. It is something that I think if the AKC recognized every single active foundation stock breed, meaning they have titles in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. if they fully recognize them tomorrow, mm-hmm. they would see an increase in registration and they would see an increase in participation in various different events. Bottom line, it Period. would be financially to your betterment. AKC, if you were to actually facilitate that. Very much so. Yeah. Anyway, off my little soapbox there. <laughs> um, but because this breed is, because the Yacht Terrier is foundation stock, that means they're eligible to compete in every single performance event. Every single one of them. Uh-huh. And one that's a little bit special called Earth Dog. Earth Dog is a trial that is designed specifically for terriers and dachshunds. Okay, what do they do? Just run around in the mud and the dirt, or they actually go hunting like they're bred to? They're going hunting like they're bred to. That makes more sense. So what Earth Dog is, is a trial 
where they go down into a into a little burrow and the burrows are created and crafted for the dog's safety. Mm-hmm. They are supported by wood and they're a specific size, shape, what have you, based on the skill level and based on the titles that the dogs have already earned. And they go down into the tunnel, they use their nose, sniff out, find the rat, and then what they're supposed to do once they find said rats is to bark and dig and go like hell at those rats for a specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. People who are curious about what happens to the rats, the rats the rats are perfectly safe and fine. The rats have been specifically trained to ignore this. They are not stressed in any way. They are in, not harmed in any way. Yeah, they're not harmed in any way. Most of them have food and water in the little crates. They're they're in a um, specifically designed crate with very small. Um, it's, it looks kind of like chicken wire, but it's formed into like a little crate. Yeah. And then behind the chicken wire where they're placed mm-hmm. is steel prison bar-like things. So there is no chance in hell that these dogs are going to come into physical contact with these rats. So both the rats and the dogs at the end of the day are totally perfe- safe. perfectly fine. Yeah. And there are different levels. There's instinct testing. There's you just drop them right by the hole and they only have to go a certain way. And then it gets more um, advanced as it goes along. Um, I've actually been to an earth dog trial and I saw a master level earth dog competition happen. And they released the dogs like, I want to say it was several hundred feet, if not further away from the actual burrow, had a couple of false burrows through the woods, mm-hmm. and the dogs had to haul ass, find the correct... The correct burrow. The correct burrow, go in the correct entrance, because there were false entrances and exits, go in the burrow and find the rat, and they continue to bark and be a terrier, mm-hmm. as it were. Holler and whatnot. At these rats for a specific amount of time and the judge is sitting right by where the rats are and they have like a shovel or a rake over where the dog is to act as encouragement to keep the dog going mm-hmm. but they have to do it within a certain amount of time and it's fascinating to watch i watched it um with a border terrier mm-hmm. and it was unbelievable just to watch those instincts kick in mm. And that's that's another thing is with you have when you have terriers or a herding breed or a hound to watch their brain click on yeah for them to do what they're bred to do is actually beautiful to mm-hmm. watch. It is one of the most beautiful things you can ever witness in your life. And then it then you get this sense of pride going. My dog did this. Yeah. My dog did what it was bred to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what these Yacht Terriers can do in Earth Dog. Mm. And they are advancing rather quickly in Earth Dog trials because of that tenacity, because of how determined they are to hunt. Because of their terrierness. Now, I'm going to take a direct quote from an article in a um, dog show magazine. Listen to her site and her sources already. um, Called Show Site. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was all about Yacht Terriers and all of that. And they said that this breed is fearless. Ooh. They are a devil 
on the trail and a demon in the hole. Hmm. Meaning a demon in the earth dog hole. Yeah, I get it. So, I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know about when they're doing earth dog trials. More than likely, they're going to be the ones barking their fool heads off, going berserk. Just making all kinds of noise. Yeah. Eleven wants to say hi. Hi, Eleven. Hi, sweetie. You want to get on the podcasting scene, baby? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I guess not. She jumped down. <laughs> so, when you were to, if you were to take a Yacht Terrier. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> just tried to jump on my leg and fell down. Um, if you were to take a Yacht Terrier and put them side by side with a Patterdale or a Fell Terrier, they would look very similar. Mm. And it's all because these three breeds are still used as working dogs. They also kind of look border terrier-esque in appearance, mm-hmm. but different color. Yeah. And, I mean, these dogs are absolutely incredible when it comes to the tenacity. When you look at a yacht terrier, you should see that terrier spark. You should see that fire in their eyes that they are like... Where can I go? Where can I hunt? What can I do? How can I cause as much chaos as humanly possible? Yeah. Um, because of that, they do have some health issues. Um, the big one that every single terrier should be tested for is PLL. PLL meaning primary lens luxation. It's an eye disease. Mm. And in order to get a terrier, especially a working bred terrier, not necessarily a bully terrier, so not like a bull terrier, Staffordshire bull, and staff, but the ones that are bred to go to ground, they need to be checked for primary lens luxation. Do not ever buy a terrier from a breeder that does not test for PLL. Yeah, that should be a, a, a red flag right yeah. there. Yeah, and the reason is, is PLL is a genetically inheritable disease. We know what that gene is. The gene is very easy to test for. You can even do just that one gene test if you want to. You don't have to go out and get these full MBART kits and find out and all that stuff. You can go to any genetics, dog genetics lab that's approved by the OFA and just test for that one gene. Yeah. And you'll be good to go. And it is, the inheritableness of it is very simple. It's Mm -hmm. not a difficult thing. It's not environmentally based. It is purely genetic based. Right. The trigger, however, to for that gene to cut on if they have it, yeah, is environmental based. Hmm. Meaning, if they are being just typical terriers and hauling ass around places, that can be enough stress to trigger that gene to become active. Hmm. And if that gene were to become active, then they will become blind. Wow. And have to have multiple eye surgeries. I know of a few dogs that do have PLL. And these came from show breeders. So, yay. Yikes. So, this breed is what I would like to call a double whammy. Okay. In that they have an extremely high prey drive Mm. and extremely high energy. I see. Okay. So, prey drive, and you'll see it shortened to drive, mm-hmm. is a completely different thing than energy. Okay. Energy is just the innate 
way that their body functions without focus on anything. Energy is whether they are go, 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 or chill on the sofa. Yeah. Prey drive means focus. Mm-hmm. Focus on a specific item. And you can also hear it be termed as toy drive or what have you. Whatever motivates the yeah, dog. Whatever, to... Yeah, but it has to have focus. And sometimes you'll see if you go over to, especially the agility ring, you'll see people say, oh, you know, this dog has a lot of drive, but it's literally going berserk in its crate. It just means it's just very high energy. Exactly. High energy and high drive are not the same. Case in point, Alice. Alice is relatively medium to low energy. But if there was a bunny in our yard, there would, would be nuts. yeah, there would be hell to pay, and that to me is a clear distinction between energy and, and drive. And drive, yeah. Celine is medium to high energy and high drive. Yeah, I'm nodding my head vigorously at this point. <laughs> because she is one of those dogs that has to have something to keep her busy. Mm. But when that spark kicks on for her to go after her ball or for her to chase the flirt pole or if she smells something in the yard, it ramps it up a little bit more. Yeah, it cranks it to 11. The opposite, though. So Rolo, he's medium to high energy, but very low drive. That's very true. He does not really chase things on the lure. He will turn it on when it comes to like certain rabbits and things like that, but he's extraordinary, sel- extraordinarily selective. I was with him this morning when he was out in the yard, and um, he and I both heard Alice bray in mm-hmm. here, which he and I both know what that meant. That meant mm-hmm. that you had left the bedroom and you had entered the living room. So naturally, at that point, that was all Rolo was focusing on. His head was looking at the house. But that's not necessarily drive. Well, no, it, it's it's him purely motivated by wanting to see mommy. Right, and when Rose Drive cuts on, it's more to do about prey. Mm-hmm. Like if a strange cat wanders around in our backyard, and he and he sees it, and it's outside of the fenced-in area, mm-hmm. he loses his ever-loving shit. Yeah, he does. When a very stupid fox decided that it wanted to take a nap under Michael's truck when he still had a truck. <laughs> I remember that. He tried to pull the fence posts apart. Yeah, he really did. I, I had to hammer that thing back in. Um, so that's the whole thing about drive. These dogs here have both of them. Yeah. Have high energy, so they're going to be bouncing around, going berserk, tough to tire out. And then... You've got that high drive to deal with. Mm-hmm. High drive, when you have a dog that's high drive, it is not a good idea to suppress it. Mm-mm. It is a great idea to encourage it mm-hmm. because then you'll expend the energy in a, in a way that is satisfying to their brain. Mm-hmm. If you try and suppress high drive, you will get worse results. Because then they'll just end up frustrated. Case in point with Penny. Mm -hmm. Penny has a high drive. The moment we gave her a job to do, her personality changed almost overnight. So, the parent club 
for the Yacht Terrier is the American Hunting Terrier Association. Again. The American Hunting, Hunting Terrier. Terrier Association. Yeah. A-H-T-A. A. <laughs> okay. The... Most Terriers are bred to hunt small furry things that hide in dens. Mm-hmm. Like rodents. Yeah. Foxes. Moles. Moles. Like anything. Yeah. These guys are a little bit different. They can hunt anything from rodents to wild hogs. Jesus. And this is a Definitely small... Definitely stepping up the prey game. Yeah. This is a small dog. Yeah. And so the idea that these guys have the tenacity to take on wild pigs yeah. is just unbelievable and tells you everything you need to know about the breed. Yeah. <laughs> that they don't back down from shit. Mm-mm. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. So now we get to the fun part. Who answered this question first last time? Was it me? I think it was me, because it was American Foxhounds. Okay, so it's up to me then. Yeah. Would you own one? There is a saying. I don't know who said it, but it's not the size... It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's si- it's the size of the fight in the dog. Mm-hmm. That last statement right there, I was already sold mm-hmm. when we started, mm-hmm. but that just kind of did it for me. I actually have... Great admiration and respect for anyone that's not willing to back down to stick to their guns or anything like that. So yeah, I would own I would own this this terrier. But yet you're a terrier guy. I, I'm being completely objective. No, I know, but you you are you you like terriers, and so I like most terriers. <laughs> 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 there are some that I do not like. Um, I like Penny very much. Um, she's very lovable, very affable. Kemper, less than such. I will um, scold him. That's putting it lightly. In the morning, if I want to keep sleeping, and he's barking his full head off. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. And I mean, your description to me was enough. Okay. To to sway me, because I mean, you know me. I'm always you know the type that I I root for the underdog. I I like you know things that are. That subvert expectation. Yeah. Uh, and hearing that a uh, very small dog such as this is like, bring it on, Ganon, let's go. You know, Ganon is a pig from Zelda. But you get my point. Mm-hmm. That they're willing to fight and, you know, do what they got to do. So, yeah. You're going to say no, aren't you? Damn straight. There <laughs> no way in hell. So. <laughs> Defend. Why? Okay. There are certain terriers that I would own in a heartbeat. Like, I'd have another Teddy Roosevelt right now. Without doubt, question in my mind. True. I'd have an Airedale, without a doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, Probably a Border Terrier, maybe. But when it comes to these high-drive, high-energy terriers, like a Jack Russell, Mm -hmm. like a Powderdale, Mm -hmm. a Fell, Mm -hmm. um... Working line Lakeland, Yacht Terrier, ain't no way in hell do I have the patience or the time or the energy to deal with that. There is no way. I would have to build an earth dog trial thing in the backyard. You already got a spot to start. 
I know I have a spot to start, but that ain't happening. There's a giant hole in our backyard, by the way. It's been there since we moved in. But th- that's the thing, is I need a dog with an off switch. <laughs> These guys don't have one. <laughs> These are go, 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 <laughs> go. And that would drive me up the wall. Yeah. And, like... I remember when Penny was younger, uh-huh. and her favorite thing to do would be to just drop a ball at my feet and look up at me like, more, more. <laughs> and her off switch usually came after a while. Yeah. These guys, their off switch comes after a couple of hours. Uh-huh. I don't have the time for that shit. <laughs> There's just no way. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They're cute. You realize this is a hypothetical scenario. No one's offering us the dog. I know. But I'm just saying. They're, they're cute as hell. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I have great admiration and respect to people that have the time and energy to deal with these high drive terriers. And can bring the best out of them and not have them drive you up the wall. Hmm. And... If this breed becomes popular, uh-huh. I could see them turning up in a lot of rescues because people will think, oh, they're so cute. But then when they get them home, they will drive them absolutely insane. With their energy and whatnot. Yeah, with their energy and all of that. So, it's a no for me. <laughs> all right, so, Simon. <laughs> so, we disagree here. But in my mind, I had a feeling just because of you like the Terrier attitude well, again... You like, you like that spirit. You like yes, that fight. very much so. I mean, I've always rooted for those that are, you know, the underdog and whatnot. Yeah. Those who are underestimated. And, you know, to me, I, I love... Don't get me... I love watching the Terrier Ring and at shows. It's an amazing thing to see because I love seeing all of them on the edge of their toes just ready to go. You just don't want to deal with the build-up to that. I don't the build up to it I don't want to deal with what happens don't when you tell get me how home. the meal is cooked just bring me the goddamn steak yeah. I'll, I'll watch the terrier ring at any show to, like only because it's entertaining because yeah. all you're seeing are these a lot of times like um like a lot of smooth fox terriers a lot of parson russell terriers jack russells even some of the ratties and the ahts mm-hmm they just can't stand still you know. because they're just like I want to go and it's like their and whole. Not only can you see them, whole body tense up. You can hear them. Yeah, you can hear it. You can just see it, and you can just sense this energy just pouring out of them. Yeah. And then when you look at them in the eyes, there's just this like glint and just this fearlessness looking at you like I can take you, bro. Let's go. <laughs> and it's fascinating to watch. And their energy could probably power an entire city for about a day. Yeah. I mean, get a whole bunch of them on, like, some of those, like, the um, cat wheelbarrow things that you see. Like a, like a, like a little treadmill, maybe. Yeah. They have these, like, little cat treadmills that are powered by a laser pointer and the cats just run on them. Yeah. I can see a whole bunch of terriers doing that. Get them all in a row. Ha, 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 growling at it the whole time. And... That would be more efficient than probably, like, wind energy or solar energy, because then you wouldn't have to worry about... Because they would probably follow a laser pointer, like, mm. nobody's business. Yeah. So, to me, I'm like, okay, I, I respect it. I, I can look at it from afar. <laughs> you want to know why I'm laughing? 
But hell no. I don't I don't drive a Tesla. I drive a Terrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put a Terrier's engine in the car. And, <laughs> and I need to pass this guy. <laughs> Give the dog something else to go after. <laughs> Put down some like, uh, <laughs> put down like a real foxtail and just go. <laughs> That's the sound the dog and the engine makes. <laughs> and y- you can tell we know this because we live with terriers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, I, I respect uh, the living hell out of terrier owners. Oh, Don't okay. get me wrong, I really do. And for those that want to mm. own a yacht terrier, more, more power, power to you. God. Yeah. So, um. Again, thank you to our listeners. Absolutely. You are the best. Y'all are the best. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that jazz. We are now on Spotify. Yes, we are. We are on Spotify. I'm happy about that. So much so I posted about it on Facebook recently. Um, You can, again, find us on Facebook, About a Dog. Twitter, at About a Dog 1. Instagram, at About a Dog Pod. Uh, YouTube about a dog pod and email about a dog pod at gmail.com. And please support us on Patreon. We would greatly appreciate it. It's about a dog pod. Um, every support that we get helps us to fund this podcast and keep it going. And so any and all assistance would be greatly yeah, everything appreciated. Everything that all of our listeners do would be great. Also, yeah. yes. I'm going to do a call to action here. Uh oh. Any graphic designers out there, Yeah. if you want to help design a t-shirt for us. Maybe one that says, do your homework or something. Something that says, do your homework. Hug your dog. Go hug your dog or anything like that. Contact us. Reach out to us. Send us a message. Aboutadogpod at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see what you have in mind. Make sure you do it to the About a Dog site. Don't contact Ashley directly. I know we've probably addressed this in a previous episode, but don't try to friend Ashley directly. Um, Friend the show only. Follow the show. I know I'm kind of visible with my um, Hamilton Stovar Club of America stuff. I know I'm kind of invisible. I've gotten absolutely (laughs) no friend requests whatsoever. But the reason why I have to be visible is an AKC requirement. Yeah. It is something where I have to be easily accessible to be contacted. However, if you are a creep, I will unfriend you. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) So, find us on all of our podcast stuff. Yes, on the podcast page. Please and thank you. Please, and rate, review, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And with that, go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. They love you. They love you so much. Yep.